This is the final message in the Christmas series. We talked about the first Sunday. I know that all of you remember that, about offenses, how you can, in fact, uh, be offended. And some are easily offended. How many of you know someone easily offended? But it's just the way they are. How many of you take joy in offending them? No, thank God. God help you. But there, I mean, you just know that they're easily offended. You look at them wrong and they're offended. You, you, you don't call them back on the phone right away. They're offended. And, you know, you can go through your, your whole life and be offended. Like when I'm preaching and people are using their cell phones. You know, that, that could be offensive. It uh, really could be. And uh, at any rate, if that's how you want to live your life, there's a better way. You have to give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You have to create avenues with which uh, individuals don't get to you, that it doesn't stick. And uh, then the other, of course, that we talked about last week was what? I know you knew, shame. Thank you so much for speaking up. Uh, shame. Some people do not let their past die. They, they still feel like that, that they're sinners, that they'll never be able to be good enough for God. Uh, and shame continues to follow them, and they feel like I've done so many bad things, I won't ever be able to get over it. I've, I've not done, I've jipped people off, ripped them off. I have lied, stolen, I've woman, all of that. And I'm, you know, that shame is there. I'm, I'm ashamed of my past. You know, let me ask you a question. How can you be ashamed of your past if it's already forgiven and forgotten in the supernatural realm of Jesus Christ? We all know how many of you have ever made a mistake. It won't be the last mistake that you made. There'll be other mistakes. But part of the lies of the enemy, every time you make a mistake, a misjudgment, or maybe not stay right on the straight and narrow, the enemy will remind you of that and drive you down to keep you from having a smile or a testimony on your face to keep you going. And today we're going to talk about the issue as it relates uh, to choosing Christmas. We said in Christmas season, you can choose to be offended, you can choose to have shame, you can choose to let Christmas get to you. You can choose to say the traffic. You can yeah, 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 yeah. You can murmur. You can go all through that. And you can all of those things. Or you can choose to say, you know what? Without Christmas, I wouldn't have the redemption that I enjoy today. And no matter what's happening in the culture, in society, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to love Him. So what? The traffic is a little longer. Just be glad you're not at the cemetery and you have a chance for someone to pull out in front of you. That's it. You just get to choose. You just get to choose. This morning we're going to talk about the, the power of words. Some people are labeled. Some people label other people. But the power of words, the power of words can hurt you, can wound you, or it can encourage you and can heal you. Let's take somebody who might be feeling down and don't feel like they look their best and someone walks up and says, you know what? That is an absolutely a, a beautiful outfit you have on there. You look lovely in that. Or you can say, wow, it's unbelievable. You, you got a glee in your eye. You know what that does? That builds up. That encourages. Or you can go and say, you know, of all the ugly people I've ever seen, you're about the ugliest right there. <laughs> now, what, what does that do? That, that hurts. That hurts, even though it might be true, but it still hurts, doesn't it? You, you have that power. You might say, well, it's just words. 
Or maybe you're thinking, well, I really didn't mean it, you chicken. You know you did. You didn't mean for somebody to be offended by it. Amen? I've had people tell me my whole life, well, I'm leaving the church. Not many. You're still here because I'm just not getting fed. (laughs) Well, now, you got your Bible. Take a look at it. Go back and pull out the archives and all the messages that are there. No, here's the deal. You've closed your heart up. Anytime, if you say boo in the name of Jesus, something's going to happen in you, friend. That's just the power of the Word of God. That's just the way that it is. You've said, well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? But words will never hurt. That's a lie. That's a lie. Here's a good one. You've been in a dating relationship with someone, or you've been married, and they come to you one day and say, you know what? I don't love you anymore. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will not, you know what? You are wounded and you become insecure if you pay attention to that. Now, what the problem is, somebody lost focus and lost track. Words can hurt. But here's what the Bible says that we know for sure Proverbs 18 21, the tongue has the power of what? Come on now, you in the balcony. Let's read it together. Ready? On three. Here we go, everybody. The tongue has the power of life and death. Well, buddy, that means a lot to me. What you say to me can give me life, can give me a thrill, can give me security, can give me confidence, or you can kill me. You can hurt me. Well, somebody needed to say it. And you know what? God chose little old you to say it, didn't he? You know what, friend? You don't have to be a policeman. God knows how to get even should he choose to get even with anybody. Amen? I've never been called to be God's policeman. Hello? I am a declarator of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. God will take care of all of the rest. Somebody say, amen. My words being labeled, you know, labeled. Here here you are labeled. So we know that they can build or destroy. Here's something that'll, oh, you're just pathetic. You're just pathetic. You, you know what? I, I, I was hoping it wouldn't be this way, but you were born a loser. Because everything that you've ever done, it's lose, lose, lose. And you're about the most lazy individual I've ever seen in my life. I've been wanting to tell you that the entire time we've been married, you are a loser. Y'all with me? All of it's true. And you can become labeled by that. Or you can say, you know what? I see in you something great. I see in you a potential that's beyond your imagination. I see in you, if you study hard and you stick with it, you're going to change your part of the world. I see in you, if you stay true to God, you're going to win more people than anyone else. I see in you, i got to tell you, I've seen such change in your life in the last 12 months. It is unbelievable. I am so proud of you. How many had your dad talk that way to you? Not many. The reality is we can raise the level of standard to the highest it's ever been if we think about this message today of encouraging people or allowing individuals to put a label on us that might be true. You're just average. 
You know what? You're just an average student. You lose your cool all the time. And it may be true. You're annoying. Or your family, the whole family is dysfunctional. We all have. You know my answer to that? I'm not going to fight dysfunction. I think everybody is dysfunctional a little bit. What do you think about that? You just offended me, Pastor. I'm so sorry. We don't all get it right. We don't all do perfect. We all don't react the same way. So I'm saying if you think you're going to ping me by telling me I'm dysfunctional, I'm going to give it right back to you and say, you know what? You're absolutely right. Now what's next? Y'all with me? How many understand? You just don't let them give that standard. You say, okay, that's your opinion. Always tolerate those who disagree with you because they have a perfect right to their ridiculous opinion. Come on now, help me out. It's the way it works. We understand, but that's not God's will for your life, is to have people put you down, call you names, try to label you. There are those that may not be as aggressive as, up, as others. There are those that are, that are just, boy, they're cool, and if you're looking for somebody to chill out with, that's the person you need to, to get with. And often, culture will judge us by our label. They will judge us by our, our, our ethnicity. They will judge us by our academic achievement. They will judge us by our success or our clothes or our appearance. Let me tell you, God judges us with our heart. Amen? And at the foot of the cross, everything is the same and it's level ground. Amen? God created you with a DNA that you have, and all you can do is say, God, thanks for giving me the foundation. I'm going to do my best to improve it. Amen? I'm going to do my best to improve it. So here's a story from the Old Testament about labels, about names, that might intrigue you for a few moments. Genesis 35 it's a love story. How many of you like love stories? Eight of you. How many like Hallmark movies? May I see your hand? That's right. More of you'd rather see a movie than love. You know why? Hallmark's got all it. Have you ever noticed that some of those Hallmark movies just drag along? Well, I'm saying go ahead and get to the kiss, amen? Save us a good 50 minutes. How many know what I'm talking about? You keep saying the same, come on, come on, get it going. Because here's what I told you this learn, 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 learn this morning at 25 minutes till to 20 minutes till, bless you, they're going to break up, they're going to have confrontation, they're going to have difficulty. And you know, and you know, at five minutes till, I've told you this before, five minutes till, six minutes till, they're going to start moving into the kiss opportunity. And you can say, here it comes. And often it takes two minutes till before the movie comes off. And he goes up, you love me. Oh, I love you. You know, and here we go. And then the movie goes off. You can count on that. That's the way it is. And since we know what's going to happen, why do we keep looking at them? I can tell you why. Ain't nothing else on television worth watching. So give me a little hallmark. I still like White Christmas. I still like Miracle on 34th Street. Amen? We graded by that this love story is about Jacob and her name would be Elizabeth. 
Oh, you said, who said Rachel? But do you know I have a doctor to divinity now? <laughs> you know what that means? I can change it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Jacob and Rachel. You're right. Jacob's out one day traveling on the outskirts of the little community where they tended sheep near the well. He walked into a clearing. Now listen, y'all. I'm using my imagination. Walked into the clearing, and the minute he stepped into the clearing, the Bible says he saw this absolutely, ranking 8 to 10 in beauty, ranking 8 to 10 in shape, in personality, in kindness, in charm. He looked at Rachel, and she just had a pedicure. Her toes were perfectly. He looked at her, and she had her cubics pushed back in that manicure. She had a facial job, and I'm telling you, the mascara. And then, he, oh, my Lord, that's Estee Lauder for sure. She had it on, I'm telling you. He looked at her, and he thought, I, I, have, I have not seen a woman that's this good-looking in a while. And guess what? She's not ashamed of hard work. She's tending the sheep. There's one thing he failed to do. He didn't go look at her mama, but he should have. But she was so pretty. <laughs> Sorry. I'm medicated. I'm medicated. He walked, said, how are you doing? She said, I'm fine. What's your name? He said, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, where's your daddy? See, I read, read it. Where's your daddy? He says, this is over there on the farm. He said, uh, you mind if we let me help you kind of herd the sheep on over where your daddy is? She says, Why? Because he said, I think I just fell in love. She said, no, you didn't. He said, I'm very serious. I want to find your daddy. He went to old dad, said, sir, you have undoubtedly one of the most beautiful daughters I have ever laid eyes on. Now, I'll tell you in a little bit, but I'll give you a little sneak preview. Jacob's name means deceiver. So he's got to have a little swag. Most beautiful woman ever. How can she become mine? Well, Dad said, hey, if you want to work seven years, she can be yours. He said, when do I start? He said, right now. Seven years he worked, got the end of the time, ready to take on his beautiful wife, Rachel. Oh, Lord, she, she became more beautiful during that seven years than she was the first day that he saw her. He said, okay, I'm ready. Dad, we're going to get married. Married on the honeymoon. Rachel had a sister. Her name was Leah. Do you know what the Bible said about Leah? Here's what the Bible says about Leah. It talks about Rachel and her beauty. Beauty, Leah. You know what it says about Leah? She had weak eyes. 
What does that mean? She's cross-eyed. She's blind. She had, that's what the Bible says. She had weak eyes. I mean, that's all you can say. You know, all the great things I can say about you, you know, <laughs> you got weak eyes. So on his honeymoon, he realized, I got Leah. And she didn't know because she probably couldn't see him anyway. <laughs> weak eyes. He, he goes back. He said, where's dad? Probably didn't say dad, but he went back and said, hey, you did the switcheroo on me. He said, I, I did. You want Rachel, you're going to have to work seven more years. Let me ask you a question. How many of you right now, how many of you are married? Get it up real high. It's all right. It's not, how many are happily married? How many of you would work seven years for your present wife? I lost quite a few hands. You're going to have to work seven more years. You want Rachel. Well, he worked seven years. Finally, at the end of 14 years, Rachel became his wife. What did they want? They wanted a nice, neat little house. They wanted a picket fence. They wanted a little doggy with Alpo. They wanted some children. They wanted a flock of their own. And that was the, that was the wonderful life they were going to enjoy. The problem is, the problem is that they began to try to have children, and they couldn't. They couldn't have children. Leah, on the other hand, which was Jacob's wife, she had children every time you dropped your hat. <laughs> and so she's having children. Rachel is feeling inferior. She's feeling, I'm labeled. I can't have children. Finally, over a period of time, she became pregnant, was conceived, and the Bible says as a result of that, that, that she had a tough, tough pregnancy, and that the first child was born, and it was difficult. She had a second child, and during the birth of that second child, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, and I'll give you it straight up, uh, it says that she died giving birth to her son. And when she gave birth to that son, here's what the midwife told her to try to encourage her, knowing that she's dying and bleeding to death. The midwife said, don't despair, for you have another son. Rachel, in her last breath, Genesis 35, 18, breathed her last breath. She held her little son and said, your name is Ben-Oni. Ben-Oni. Rachel, in that dying breath, she knew that she would never have an opportunity to hold that child. She'd never have an opportunity to see that child grow. She'd never have an opportunity to understand and see that child take the first step. Ben Ona, not a great name. Names are important. How many of you have a name in the one, two, or three names that you have, in a name that you don't particularly like, that your mama named you or your daddy, and you got one that you don't like? All right? Okay. How many of you were afraid to raise your hand, but it was true? Go ahead and get your hand. There you go. I got you either way. My name is M. Wayne Blackburn. I'm not particularly fond of what the M stands for. Not telling. 
this going around the world. So I did a little research on what people are naming little male babies these days. And I, I just picked some. This one is Arrow. Come here, Arrow. Come in the house, buddy. Bring your bow with you. Here, here's another one. Bobo. Come here, little Bobo. We go in the circus. Here's another for a male name. For a male name. It says, uh, Miggy, M-I-G-G-Y. Come here, Mig. Miggy. When that kid wakes up and realizes what, how's he going to ever explain why I was named Miggy? Does that stand for something? Here's another one. Blade. Blade. Come here, Blade. What am I? Regular knife blade? Switch blade? What? Blade. Here's another one. Finally, big one. Tattoo. Boy's name's Tattoo. Come here, Tattoo. It's amazing. Then I went to the girls' names. Y'all still with me, right? Here's the first one. Fruity, fruity. Fruity, fruity. Ah, tootie, you know. Fruity, fruity. I mean, how are you ever going to explain? Why would you do that to your child? Come here, fruity, fruity. They hurt you, baby. They're so rotten. Here's another one. Messiah. Another name going, Messiah for a girl, Messiah. I'd be afraid. But here's the one that got me most. It, it's right here. It's L. Let, let me preach. It's L dash A dash 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 A. So here's the name that I named it, LaDasha. That's it. Covers all the dashes, gets the A-N, gets the L-N. It's LaDasha. Hello? Unbelievable. That's, a, that's something. He should be called Ben-Onai. What does it mean? Ben means son, and Onai means sorrow. She said, this is my son of sorrow. This is the kid I'll never see walk, never see grow up. This is the one that I died and gave my life for, son of my sorrow. Jacob said, no way. We're not naming this baby. She breathed her last breath. This baby is not going to be marked and labeled as son of my sorrow. He worked 14 years. He watched his best friend die. He worked 14 years for her. He watched her breathe his last breath. He watched her die before he knew. She knew he changed the name, not son of sorrow. He was hurting. It was unbelievable. Jacob actually had experience in renaming because he had his own experience. In the scripture, it says that he was out in the middle of a desert, and God came along in the form of an angel and wrestled Jacob all night long. And after the wrestling match, the next morning, it says that Jacob was saying, bless me, bless me, bless me. And Jacob's name meant deceiver, meant deceiver. But here's what God said. I'm not going to have you labeled as deceiver. If you've been born again, act like it, behave like it, rejoice in it. 
Don't behave like a loser. Don't let the enemy put anything on you. It does not matter. Whatever you have that you don't like about you, give God praise, honor, and glory for it and rejoice. Make the best of what you got and move on. He says, listen, I'm going to name you Israel, not Jacob, which means my God prevails. Hallelujah. So when Jacob renamed his son, he said, I had an opportunity in the middle of the desert to be renamed from, in fact, deceiver. I had my name now different because I lift, I heard and saw the face of God and I enjoyed it. You see, in our family, we have a lot of nicknames. I have several. One of my nicknames is Bob. I have no idea where that came from. I don't know Bob, and the other is a continuation. Bobby, if I call my sister Karen right now, 3246587, if you got that number, you can call her and say, uh, what do you call your older brother? She will say, Bobby. But if you ask her why, she'll say, I don't know. Bob, Bobby, here's another, fish. They call me fish because of my skill in the water. When we were younger, we lived here in Polk County. We would go to Lake Panasofsky, and we went there maybe four or five days out of the summer. The moccasins would sit on top of the lily pads. We'd dare one another dive in the lily pads called the moccasins to leave. And when you hit that lily pad, you knew what to do. You began to swim. I parted the water like a bullet. <laughs> but fish. So we have those nicknames. Rachel looked at her son. This is the son of my sorrow. Whatever the devil has been telling you, whatever name he's trying to put on you, oh yeah, you're divorced now, your life is over. He's a liar. Oh yeah, no one will ever trust you again. You lost all your money. He's a liar. Well, you'll, you'll never be able to make it. You, you blew this. Yeah, he's a liar. The bottom line is, because of the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, if you have received Jesus as Lord, the old has passed away. Your sins are forgotten as far as the east is from the west, west, never to be remembered again. And God says, hey, I'm giving you a brand new name, and here it is. I'm going to call you the son. I'm going to call you the son of a loving and living God. You are my son. That's the power of words. What did Jacob what did Jacob? He named Benjamin. Benjamin, which, which meant, call him the son of my right hand. The son of my right hand, the son of authority. Benjamin received that name. I've been transformed and motivated by the grace of God. So a lot of people will mess you up. A lot of people will not speak into your life and give you compliment or hope. A lot of people will just, because they just have a way of saying the wrong thing. How many know someone that put, they put their foot, anybody else's foot they can get a hold of in their mouth all the time? I know people like that. I do. Hey, here's the point. When God redeemed you, you might have been a cheater, a loser, a liar, undependable, independable. You might have been a wreck. You might have destroyed people and their families. But when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ, God took all those labels away and washed you in the blood 
Jesus Christ. That's the power of the words. So you might say, I feel like I'm going to be alone at the holidays. Just go ahead and build your case. My family's not coming over. Build your case. I'm going to have Christmas by myself. Build your case. The holiday's just going to be another day. Build your case. Because whatever case you build, that's the case that you're going to live. Or you can say, you know, I've got some friends. And I know a person that's kind of like me. I think I'll call them up and see if we can't get together. I believe that I might be alone, but I've got a whole host of good Christmas movies that I'm going to watch, and I'm going to serve myself communion. I'm going to enjoy myself. Because the more you have those opportunities, you draw closer to God because He is your identity. He is your strength. He is your comfort. At every part of your life, you have the privilege of choosing an option that does not ridicule you or drive you down, but gives you the privilege to rise up and say, I'm getting rid of those labels. I'm getting rid of this insecurity. I'm declaring. Rachel said, He is the son of my sorrow. Jacob said, No, He's the son of my right hand. You choose. By the grace of God, you choose. So here it is. Rather than let offenses ruin your Christmas, learn how to deal with them. Take shame that the enemy is trying to choke you with and say, I roll that over on the cross. And make your mind up not to let the enemy create labels or create words that causes you to lose the joy and the glee of what this season means. If you go out and ring that bell and you say one word to some of those people, they're going to label you some of them. I've had them curse me. Hey, I've been cursed by friends. It's easier when they're enemies. How many know what I'm talking about? But that's, that's, that's a part of what Jesus did. I want to encourage you. Think about what you say. Think about the value of encourage people. Think about how you react. Think about not letting shame get a hold of you. Think about God. By the grace of God, I get to choose to rise above Whatever it is in my life I don't like, I'm declaring the grace of God Amen. for his honor and glory. No, you are not the son of sorrows. You are the son of my right hand. Amen? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Would you do that? Would you, uh, would you stand for a moment? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. We need you. We don't have everything right. We don't have to agree with everyone. We can choose to disagree and be agreeable. But here's one thing that we do know. You are the son of the living God. Amen. And Lord, we know that people will call us names as they did in middle school and in elementary school. And it just might be that they had a reason to be able to do that. 
The reality is we don't have to take it and let it stick. We can overcome it, particularly if a student in elementary and middle school go home, if they have a parent that encourages and lifts up and constantly compliments. That child will learn the beauty of what it feels like to be built up and shaped by loving parents. This congregation is the greatest congregation on earth. There would be those that say, well, how do you know? Because this is where I'm at. And this is where I have been chosen to serve. And so, God, I am happy with these wonderful people. Touch all of their lives. So I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this prayer after me. Would you do that right now? Let's everybody say it. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I've made mistakes. I, made mistakes. I have made failures. And I've heard your word today. I only have one life to give. And I desire to give it to you. I don't like the devil as he speaks to me often. But today, I'm going to rebuke him in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to forgive me. Because I, need forgiveness. because I need forgiveness. I'm asking you to strengthen me, you to strengthen me. that the labels the enemy and culture has given me, the the and has given me. Will, no longer be owned by me. will no longer be owned by me. I give it all to you. I give it all to you. So take my heart, take my, heart. Take my, Christmas, take my Christmas, and use it for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. God bless you.